This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. As I've said since the beginning of my administration, we seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War. But I make no apologize. I make no apologies, and we will compete. And we'll, be res we'll responsibly manage that competition so that it doesn't veer into conflict. This episode underscores the importance of maintaining open lines of communication between our diplomats and our military professionals. Our diplomats will be engaging further, and I will remain in communication with President Xi. I'm grateful for the work of the last several weeks of our intelligence, diplomatic, and military professionals who have proved once again to be the most capable in the world. And I want to thank so, uh, I want to like to a relationship issue. Uh, you have a, the Chinese spy airship that went through. You've got China buying more oil from Russia. You've got China uh, you know, uh, opening up cases uh, in the U.S. trying to steal U.S. technology from universities. You know, the President Xi is going to be meeting with the Iranian president. At what point do you re review, uh, a big review, of the U.S. relationship with China? And at what point does the president ask for a call from President Xi? Again, I don't have a, a call to, to talk about today. Let me just, again, level set here, and I know I'm uh, running close on time, but yeah. uh, sorry. No, it's not your fault. But the, the president met with President Xi at Bali at the G20. The whole purpose of that discussion was to move this relationship forward in a better way. Most consequential bilateral relationship in the world, the president knows that. Uh, and he wanted to move that relationship forward uh, in a better way. And Secretary Blinken was dang near wheels up trying to head to Beijing to have those kinds of conversations, to get some of these uh, communication uh, vehicles and venues back on track, whether it's climate change or military to military. We were willing to do that. We were looking forward to doing that. Um, and then the Chinese decided to fly a surveillance balloon over the continental United States, and it wouldn't be inappropriate to, to have that meeting. When, is, when are those discussions going to get back okay, on the... Let me the, have it. The, 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 these guys were found, as I say, at West Point. This is, this is uh, the outrage that are here. We asked uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale to uh, join us. Congressman, the FT, the Financial Times the other day, the headline is the... Uh, you see the uh, Mullah from Persia, the head of Iran's uh, theocracy. He's in Beijing getting a full military uh, review. Uh, he's getting uh, the the treatment of an ally because he is an ally. And while he was there, he invited Xi to Tehran for a full state visit. Xi's going because this is the this is the reality uh, of the war. You see, Biden, they were going to compete. They're at war with us. And over the skies of Montana, this is why it's so important. And this is why it was such a farce the other day in the media fell for it. It, it has nothing to do with the other um, unidentified flying objects. Set that aside. That's a separate issue. The issue here, Congressman, is we now know from CBS News, from leaks inside the Pentagon, this uh, this um, surveillance airship, and that's what it was, not a balloon, it's a surveillance airship, left Henan uh, Island on mainland China, right off mainland China, I think on the 20th of January, it crossed the Aleutians on the 28th, and that right there, Kirby told you, we were dang near getting uh, Blinken uh, on the plane uh, to go to Beijing. They knew exactly what was going on the entire time. And more importantly, our enemies, not our competitors. The Chinese Communist Party is not a competitor to the United States of America. When somebody's saying that, they're lying to your face. They're at war with us. They've been at economic, they've been at what they call unrestricted warfare for many, many decades against us. Economic warfare, cyber warfare, information warfare, political warfare. Congressman Rosendale, do the folks in, in Montana understand that they're combatants in this uh, third world war, sir? They do. And, and, and fortunately, they're vigilant enough that they spotted this uh, balloon, this spy uh, ship, as you would call it, traveling across the sky. Because I will tell you, Steve, I really do not believe 
that the Biden administration would have acknowledged it and have admitted that it was coming across our country had it not been for the good people of Montana, recognizing it as being something that was not a a celestial body and saying, hey, somebody better go up there and check that thing out. Then we started having reports. We had already had uh, restricted airspace and some shutdowns. We find out after the fact that they had been uh, monitoring it over the Bridger Mountains, they were thinking about doing something there. But, but the fact still remains that they allowed it to hover because it had motors, it has propellers, it had the ability to maneuver, it stayed uh, above the Malmstrom Air Force Base and an ICBM missile field uh, that we maintain here in Montana to protect our nation. It, it, it's, it hovered in that area for about two days and then continued on its path across the uh, continental United States. I don't understand why this administration would allow such an event to take place. I, I just don't. Why would you allow Chinese Communist Party to spy on us? Congressman, they're clearly avoiding the topic. The press conference they had yesterday is a total misdirection play. The other unidentified object, yes, they're an issue, but they got, they're, they're totally and completely separate from this case. And obviously, the administration does not want to be forthcoming. They failed to put out a timeline. They failed, they failed to get to the basic point that you make. If it was not for this hero from the Billings Gazette, who I think was responding to a buddy saying, hey, I think we got UFOs. There's a UFO there. If he had not stepped Mayor, out and taken the, taken the picture and, and then. No, this, it was the folks in Montana that broke the story. Do they believe that they're getting a straight answer on exactly what happened and why the Chinese spent a couple of days over uh, north, uh, you know, north central Montana, sucking up all the cell phone coverage, taking photographs? Have they, do they feel they've gotten a straight answer yet they from they uh, the Biden regime? No, they know they haven't received a straight answer for them. But you know they who they do get a straight answer from, Steve? Matt Rosendale. I went to Malmstrom Air Force Base and met with the commanding officer, uh, Colonel Little, and said, hey, what's going on? And there's a lot of information clearly that, that he's not able to share with me. But, but what he did say is, look, our, our missiles are protected and they are prepared. And if it, it comes to the point that we have to launch them, we can, and there's nothing that is going on that's going to keep us from doing that. But I am really concerned when I hear the uh, the speakers for the Biden administration and the uh, national security people talking about this being a benign device. It had no hostile ability because it wasn't carrying a, a weapon or a bomb. Hostile activity to me is collecting information on our civilian infrastructure, our pipelines, our power lines, our roadways, our dams, hydroelectric dams. Uh, hostile to me is collecting data from these cellular towers that you were just talking about. Hostile to me is looking at the movements from our military as they go across the, uh, the country. While the Chinese Communist Party may know where our missiles are located because of the anti-proliferation agreements that we've all entered into, and we share that with Russia anyway, they don't know what is where and when it is there and, and what kind of movements are taking place. So the, again, the, the people of Montana they are not at all satisfied with the uh, information that they're receiving from the, the federal government and the Biden administration. But they know that I will tell them the truth and I will continue to seek to get to the, uh, the bottom of this and find out, as you were talking about, when did this device enter our airspace? Why wasn't it taken down then? Why did we allow it to go across our country? When did President Biden actually know that it was in our airspace. Who did he well, direct to we, take it down? We, 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 we know from CBS News for the leak in the Pentagon, they know as early as the 20th, 28th, it crossed into Aleutian Islands, our airspace. But they've tracked. Let me tell you, and I'm not giving away uh, classified information. Assume the following. A flock of geese can leave mainland China and we got eyeballs on it. OK, this thing left Henan Island and it went on a path not dr driven by wind. It went on a northerly pass path up uh up across japan archipelago and then to the uh and then to the aleutian islands we knew about it on the 20th and the question gets to be you just hit a great point and unrestricted warfare which is the manual of the chinese communist party and the pla written by two brilliant colonels in the late 1990s off of activity in the gulf war that they saw in information warfare 
they based their entire book on, on unrestricted warfare. The key was information, cyber, and information warfare. They said the Gulf War changed warfare forever. It's your point right there. When they say benign, information warfare is absolutely central to modern warfare. They're over. T- Listen, this thing is around, flying around north central uh, Montana for two or three days, sucking up all that information. And, and the Biden administration knew it and wasn't prepared to do anything about it except for the Billings uh, Gazette. I got to tell you. I'm going to play another clip. This is the Vice President of the United States today in Munich at the at the Arms Bazaar over there. I want to play I want to play what she has to say and then I'm going to come back to Congressman Rosendale. Let's be clear first of all as it relates to the Chinese balloon. We shot it down because it uh needed to be shot down because we were confident that it was uh used by China to to spy on um, the American people. President, of course, has reached out to China, saying he expects to so- talk to President Xi. They have said today that it was accidental, that we're overreacting, uh, that there can't be this kind of dialogue, given our reaction, or there shouldn't be this kind of dialogue. We will maintain the perspective that we have in terms of what should be the relationship between China and the United States. Uh, that is not going to change, but surely and certainly that balloon was not helpful, which is why we shot it down. I may have to replay that. Okay. She, she just, that's the vice president. She just made Nikki Haley look like Klausvich. Okay. That is, it needed to be shot down because it was a spy balloon. Congressman Roosevelt, what are the good folks out and hardworking patriots out in Mont- What are they supposed to make? What are they supposed to make of that? What, she, what, she made what did she just point. say, sir? Yeah, yeah. She she made our point for us. It should have been shot down, but it should have been shot down. And we when it entered our airspace because the, the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese uh, uh, government is not a competitor of the United States. They are an enemy of the United States. And as soon as it hit our airspace, it should have been taken down. Again, they talk about well, it could not have collected that much data, Steve. It's the cumulative. Uh, combination of all the data that gets collected over an extended period of time, putting the puzzle together so that they can find out where our vulnerabilities are. And I think that they just detected where our most uh, large vulnerability is. And unfortunately, that's President of the United States. Talk to me about that for a second. Uh, You don't have a better group of patriots in this country. People have uh, given so much. There's so many veterans out there, so many uh, parents of active duty service personnel. When a guy like Matt Rosendale says that, it's not to be taken lightly. What do you mean our biggest vulnerability, you believe, is the individual that currently uh, has the position of commander-in-chief of our armed forces? Look, I'm 62 years old, but I've watched many different administrations over the years, and we always see chaos around the globe when we have weakness in the White House. You can go back to Jimmy Carter. You can go back to... You know, each and every one of them. And, and we whenever we see weakness in the White House, we see chaos. And when President Biden was sworn in and the first act was to uh, eliminate the Keystone XL pipeline, the environmentalists rejoiced over that. But our adversaries around the world took that as a sign that he was not going to make sure that we maintained our domestic energy security. The next thing he did was lift the uh, sanctions off of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that empowered Russia, enriched Russia, and again showed our adversaries around the world that we were more concerned about the the uh, people at the Paris Climate Accord than we were with protecting our own nation. And then we saw the absolutely disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And then and then people wonder why Putin invades Ukraine. Because there's no one that is going to enforce the stability around the world. And so the people across our state recognize that, and they are concerned about it. The most important thing that I can do is reassure them that just with our toehold, the Republican majority in the House, that we are going to do everything within our power to rein this administration in and to prop them up and make them do the right thing to rebuild our national security, to secure our southern border, to increase our domestic energy production so that we are safe and sound again. 
the uh, the adventurism of this uh, of this regime is is shocking. Today's Financial Times talks about what well, we've been talking about in the war room forever. The the winter offensive of the Russians is now starting to pound the Ukrainian people uh, in into dust. But the the, the Financial Times has a subheadline with it. They're talking about an eight hundred seventeen billion dollar rebuilding program in uh, in 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 the Ukraine. And then they talk about, Milley's talking about a negotiated settlement. A negotiated settlement, Congressman Rosendale, we could have had in the first couple of days of this war. And we know this because the former prime minister of Israel said he basically had that deal where the Biden administration didn't want it. They wanted to use Ukrainian soldiers to fight their proxy war with Russia. What are your thoughts? The only thing, Morning Joe today was going nuts because he said the only thing stopping unlimited amount of money and arms flowing into Ukraine is a, a group of hardcore uh, Republicans. Uh, in the uh, in the House of Representatives, give me your perspective on this uh, unlimited checkbook to uh, to essentially allow the poor Ukrainians to get crushed by the Russian army, sir. Yeah, unfortunately, there are many in Washington D.C. right now that would give an open checkbook uh, to to uh, take on actions in Ukraine. We're thirty one point five trillion dollars in debt, Steve. We've got a, a southern border that we could secure for probably $10 billion and put a security system there. And we're more concerned about a border overseas than we are our very own. And and we're losing 100,000 people a year to drug overdoses, most of which comes from fentanyl. The components are coming from China. I don't understand why that 45 days ago, when the weapon systems on both sides have been depleted and we saw a stall in this activity that there was not some kind of uh, action taken to force some kind of a peace accord so that these people would stop fighting. Is is Putin wrong? Absolutely. Unprovoked war. He's killing people. He's dislocating people. But the fact remains that us continuing to provide weapons to Ukraine, China continuing to provide weapons to Russia is destroying the nation. It's killing people. And there's billions, if not trillions of dollars that I am sure that the United States is going to be asked and obligated to uh, put forward to rebuild that nation once this is all done. So the sooner that they can stop the fighting, the better off everyone is going to be. Well, the Patriots out in Montana, too, in your your uh, in your district, uh, the, where are their heads at right now in this war, sir? Same place that mine is, Steve. Look, I just spent the last several days traveling around and doing a lot of just open town halls where people could come into the uh, different facilities, a senior center, a local tavern where we announced well in advance that I was going to be there and talk to people and ask questions. And they are not supportive of this. When they see American citizens to the tune of 100,000 a year dying from fentanyl overdoses, and they look into the eyes of the parents as I do, and the sisters and the brothers, and they know that that is directed by China. And we look around and see that there's 5 million people that have come here illegally over the last two years under the Biden administration. And we're going to be forced to make sure that we pay for their education, their medication, their housing, their complete welfare. Meanwhile, my veterans aren't being taken care of that well. There are major problems and they are not happy with the Biden administration. I want to go back to the paper record now for our beloved country. That would be the New York Times. The, the, the lead story yesterday morning, sir, is the Congressional Budget Office. And we've been arguing this. We've got to see the numbers. So Biden regime, won't, Treasury won't put forward their numbers. The Congressional Budget Office did. And, and, and Congressman Rosendale, you know about the Congressional Budget Office. They have a set of numbers for the next 10 years in the United States of America. We will add at a minimum. $19 trillion. We won't take a penny off the current 31.5. We will add $19 trillion. We'll be over $53 trillion. The interest payments alone will start to be a uh, trillion dollars a year starting next year. Right now, as we predicted on War Room, this, this year will be $1.4 trillion deficit, and the deficits going forward in perpetuity, unless there's radical change, will be $2 trillion a year in deficits, sir. Do the people in Montana support that business plan, that business model that the CBO is laying out saying, hey, unless there are changes, this is what's obligated, this is what we project the revenue is going to come in, here's what you got. Do they support a, a nation that has $53 trillion of debt and is paying, uh, having deficits, $2 trillion a year, and paying over a trillion dollars in interest payments, sir? 
They don't because they've recognized that you can't sustain that, that it's artificial. They've recognized that that's why we have this uh, huge inflation right now. They've recognized that the value of their dollar has been diminished because of the federal government pumping all of this revenue out into uh, the the the. Uh, economy. And the problem is, Steve, that it's pumping it into places that actually cost us more. We are uh, funding our own tyranny, if you will. Every time the agencies uh, in the federal government get additional funding, they're they're coming down and they're, they're causing problems uh, for my farmers, for my ranchers. The 87,000 new IRS agents, they say that they're going to go after the businesses that aren't paying their share. You want me to tell you who those businesses are? That's my ice cream uh, store down on the corner that's owned by a family. That's the ranch and farm store that's owned by another family. That's the, the fellow who's trying to produce 200 calves a year. That's the businesses that are being attacked by these IRS agents because they don't have the sophistication to have all of the advanced uh, accountants and, and army of accountants to take care of their books. They're doing it themselves. And, and so they aren't able to fight back against the IRS as, as uh, effectively as the very big corporations that are funding the Democrat Party. And so it is a problem. It's 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 taking money out of their pockets. It's using their very dollars against them. And they understand that we cannot sustain it. Uh, but we got two ways that the House and by the way, if it had not been for you, part of the mighty six and quite frankly, one of the leaders, uh, we, we would have had none of this. I mean, what the nation owes you uh, is just immeasurable, Congressman. But I want to go. We got two things that we can uh the way we control this, the investigations and then the debt ceiling and appropriations. Let's talk debt ceiling and appropriations right now. Are we going to come with real significant cuts both in defense and in social programs in this appropriations process? And do you believe McCarthy and this team are tough enough to really hunker down? Because now they're saying, hey, the money's going to run out by July or August, right? Are they tough enough to really force major changes using the leverage we have in the debt ceiling, sir? We are going to give him the tools to do just that, okay? And so whenever I talk about the uh, securing our southern border, increasing our energy, all these things, we have the mechanical, the mechanical ability to take care of all of that, Steve. And there's a bunch of us that are meeting right now that are looking at the, the two parts, the debt ceiling and what we're going to do about that, which is going to hit between May and July. And basically, that's a line of credit that the nation has for, for your policy out there that you know would like to differentiate the two. And then we have the budget and appropriations process which will be coming due in August and September. I think that we have opportunities to implement some of the policies that we have to put forward in order to save this country with both of those different components. And, and so we're working together to make sure that we have our plan ready to present to uh, McCarthy and the leadership team. And I, what I believe is that this actually empowers him because he will be in a position to walk over to the Senate and tell Chuck Schumer that if he doesn't take this plan, then he's going to have major problems because there's a large enough group, well large enough group in the House that is not going to tolerate this continued out of control spending and that recognizes we have to change the trajectory of, of all of this or this country is absolutely doomed to uh, go into bankruptcy. I will tell you right now, there's not a banker in Montana that looks at a, a farmer or rancher's balance sheet. And if it looked like this, 31.5 trillion deficit or debt rather, with all the deficits that are they are continuing to pile up, that, that would renew that loan. They just wouldn't renew that loan. They put the foreclosure sign up in front of the property. And so that's what we're going to have to the do. The folks, the folks out there understand that this is not sustainable. They, they get that we can't do whatever. We can't do this. This, this is, it's good that the CBO did it. We, we owe the CBO for having the guts to put it out there, uh, given the democratic uh, nature of the administrative state and the regime. It, it it took guts to put it out there and be so so just in your face as they were. But people in your, right. out there in Montana understand this is not sustainable, correct? They Can they count on you? Look, you were. Go ahead, sir. I said they absolutely understand you were this is not sustainable. You were profiling courage in the five days that changed the direction of this country at the beginning of the session to to 
really force massive changes into the process and the personnel, all that. Uh, can can the nation count on Matt Rosendale? Will you be just as tough on this debt ceiling negotiation, sir? Absolutely. Absolutely. The rule changes that we made and we forced uh, at the beginning of this Congress were incredible. They're going to be in place a long time after most of us are gone. I hope. I'm hoping that once the uh, the whole Congress has a taste of freedom again and they see how Congress is supposed to work, that they will not allow it to be stripped away. Okay, and so, yeah, we are going to hold firm on making sure that there are reductions in spending. We have declared an end to the emergency powers that were granted to the uh, president through this whole COVID situation. There's money that is still available that's lying in buckets that we're going to claw back from that. We're going to make an accounting and we're going to put this money back into uh, the system so that it does not. Uh, necessitate such an incredible uh, debt increase. Do you realize, Steve, that the, the, the Democrats, under their last increase, increased the debt ceiling by $2.1, $2.2 trillion, and they, and they burned that up in 399 days? I, I can't even fathom it. It's unbelievable. Uh, Congressman, I know you got to bounce, but if you can just hang around and take a short commercial break, I, we just got to ask you about the investigations and all the other weapons that are available to Congress right now to go after this illegitimate regime. So you just take a short commercial break. We've got Congressman Matt Rosendale from the great state of Montana is with us. We're going to take a short break. We'll return in just a moment. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay prior. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action.
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Congressman Rosendale's giving us a couple more minutes. Congressman, all the other investigations we got going on from the weaponization to the judiciary to oversight, we're now talking, we heard today, uh, and Natalie Winters is going to join us, access reporting, COVID, you're coming at COVID from two different directions. Just give us, uh, and I think what people want to know is that it's not going to be like the Benghazi where we get some report that, that this is real, this is serious, we're going to hold people accountable, we're not going to back off whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop, the FBI, the DOJ coming after parents, uh, that, that all of this, that people are going to stick and see it through to the end. Of our government is just out of control. It really is. And we've got the right people that are on these committees and are conducting these hearings and this oversight, and they're going to expose this information. But Steve, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kid you. We've got a deeply uh, seated problem within the Department of Justice, and Congress does not charge and prosecute. And the Department of Justice is going to have to charge and prosecute people in order to restore confidence of the American people in our institutions. And and that's what it's going to take. And and so we're going to have to have a continued outcry from you and the posse and people across this country to demand, to demand that that action is taken against people that have violated the law and the Constitution and the civil liberties of, of good people across this whole country. Congressman, I, I take it, you know, they took the with the omnibus bill, they took the ability to shut it down right now. But the appropriations process is always gearing up. Will the Republicans in the House use the appropriations process to bring to heel exactly what we're talking about? Those elements of the administrative state like DOJ, like FBI, like the intelligence services that are, quite frankly, out of control right now, as, as you just said, they're not going to sit there because you guys are sending subpoenas or bringing them up. That, that's not going to break them. They're, they're, they're arrogant. And they think they're in charge, right? Not the American people. They don't think the people in the second district of Montana have any say so in this, right? Are, are, do you believe that the Republicans are prepared to use the appropriations process to bring this to heel? They are. They absolutely are. And that's and that is what's going to make change. When we get to the appropriations process and we develop those 12 appropriations bills, which, oh, by the way, hasn't been done for like four years. That's where you can take these policy issues and say we are pulling money out of the IRS in order to defund 87,000 agents. The legislation goes forward now and that looks good and it lets people know what, what our goals are, if you will. But the appropriations process is where we're going to be able to take money from the FBI, take money from the IRS, and keep them from violating the civil liberties of the people across the United States of America. And I absolutely am confident that that's going to take place. And with the the, uh, the hearings that are taking place, that will be exposing just how bad these actors were. I think it's going to be difficult for them to try and justify retaining additional funding in their agencies. Congressman Rosendale, how do people uh, keep up with you? What are your coordinates? How do they get to your site to find out more about you and everything you're working on? At Rep Rosendale. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Gitter. Everything. At Rep Rosendale. Glad to hear from you. Congressman Rosendale, thank you very much. Let the folks out there in uh, Montana know we got their back always. Love that state. I do. Thanks for having me on again, Steve. Appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Let's go. Talking about hearings, I want to bring in our executive editor, Natalie Winters, who's done probably more independent investigation in many of these topics than, than anybody. Natalie, Axios today had this. All of a sudden, they're in shock. They're coming at COVID. They're going to come at COVID-19 from a couple of different directions in the hearings. Give us an overview and your, your thoughts on this. Well, I think that Axios article is very interesting because, as I think you've said repeatedly on this show, Axios sort of speaks for the corporations, right? That's sort of the line that they tow. And I think the buried lead, the signal from this is that Pfizer, Moderna, all the companies that had manufactured these COVID vaccines and, of course, those that have ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology are extremely scared because if you read this article, it's sort of a, a weird tone. Axios is basically scared that House Republicans have so many committees aimed at investigating the origins of COVID and the response to the pandemic, which would seem to be an adequate and proper response given the effects, the drastic effects that this pandemic 
had, not just on the country, but also sort of the, even the establishment's strapline of wanting to get to the bottom of COVID-19 to better prevent future pandemics. So it's sort of weird um, why Axios would be so concerned, um, but why they are so concerned, again, speaking as kind of a mouthpiece for, for the corporations of the world, um, is because this, there are several committees and subcommittees, um, primarily under the auspices of House Oversight, that are going to be digging around and looking in to COVID-19. And really, I think no topic is off limits. They're primarily focusing on the origins of COVID. There's a special subcommittee for that. Um, but they're also focusing, of course, on the response and reaction to COVID, right? The mask mandates, the vaccines, how the federal government colluded to censor certain you know, opinions on social media. And I think it gets to the bigger issue, it's like you said on this morning's show, you know, don't forget the thing itself. And the thing itself here, it's not just COVID. It's about how the Chinese Communist Party, in collaboration with globalist elements like the World Economic Forum, colluded with aspects of the American federal government to suppress speech about their nefarious activities that not just birthed this pandemic, um, but also how they exploited it to advance a far-left so social agenda, right, the Great Reset, in their own words. So when you step out, that's the bigger picture. And frankly, I think that's why they're in such a tailspin and a panic about these investigations. Because when you get, when you uncover the origins of COVID, um, you don't just find culpability for the Chinese Communist Party. You find culpability really for the entire, entire globalist economic model and kind of power structure, too. The reason I thought of you as soon as I saw this morning, got it over to you, because I remember you told me, you said, hey, this thing's so complicated. You've got to come at it different ways. What it, what it looked like in the article is in the military, you set up a fire trap, right? You set up triangulation. So if you get the enemy in there, you're hitting them from crossfire from every different direction, and you're doing it simultaneously. What I liked about this is that this will be parallel process, too. It won't just be concurrent. It won't go through months of just one and then go to the other. This is all coming out of the box where they're going to have people and be able to peel back uh, the onion. Because you're right, it's all interconnected, right, from Big Pharma to the World Economic Forum to the CCP to Fauci to all the investigations. If you had uh, a recommendation to, 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 to give to the committee, to give to people overall, as you see the direction of this, what what would it be to to we call it the main thing to get to the to get to the heart of it? What what would Natalie Winters recommend? Well, I think that people need to remember that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is kind of just one isolated incident of a much broader pattern and kind of habit of the National Institutes of Health, which is that it is entirely okay with collaborating with the Chinese Communist Party, which is really a symptom of the institutional rot that is at the NIH, which of course affects really every kind of federal government agency, um, but particularly in terms of the NIH and how they have pursued collaboration with the Chinese Communist Party. I don't think people understand um, the tens of millions, collectively hundreds of millions and billions of dollars that are going to fund not just boots on the ground research in China, um, but even indirectly partnering with the PLA and other kind of branches of China's military um, to really prop up the Chinese Communist Party. So I think people really need to hone in on that level of collusion and not just miss COVID, right, the forest for the trees. COVID is a perfect example of the problem that we're talking about, but it's not the problem in and of itself. It's a much bigger issue. And I think you're exactly right in terms of hitting these people for multiple angles of attack, because people like Peter Doshak, people like Anthony Fauci, not just have they become, you know, mainstream media darlings, so the fourth estate is never going to hold them accountable, right? That ship has sailed. Um, but a lot of times these people are only testifying in front of Congress, very seldom, right? But in the case of Peter Doshak, he's never appeared um, before. He's, he's refused, even though a lot of House Republicans in the prior Congress had requested him to come and testify. So if you have in the same hearing, or at least concurrent hearings on a similar timeline, you know, Peter Doshak and Anthony Fauci and other people from EcoHealth Alliance all testifying at the same time and having to answer the same questions, it's kind of through that mechanism that you can really parse out where the lies are. Um, because I don't really think any of these people have all ever been speaking under oath um, about these very, very targeted questions. And also too, just on a side note, I think people need to get to the bottom of why the Biden regime 
has overturned a lot of the Trump administration pauses on money going to EcoHealth Alliance and how EcoHealth Alliance has continued to receive tens of millions of dollars, uh, taxpayer funds, to conduct the so-called pandemic prevention research. And I think through that, we can sort of uncover really the bigger elephant in the room, which is the total ruse and con, that is pandemic prevention, um, and how it really just kind of serves, uh, I would argue, to fill the pockets of big pharma, um, but really expose how the people who have profited um, both in power and finances the most from this pandemic were the same people who were supposed to be preventing them in the first place. Before I let you go, the president gave a uh, gave a uh, or the illegitimate regime head gave a, a, a five minute talk to the pressure so he wouldn't take any questions. He said that the Chinese Communist Party were peer competitors and this was a comp- competition we would outcompete them. What are your thoughts about that? Do you do you buy that? Is the Chinese Communist Party a peer competitor to the United States of America, ma'am? Well, shout out to uh, Joe Biden for getting a little tougher on China, because back in 2011, he was writing op-eds for The New York Times saying China's rise isn't our demise. But of course, all of this is just performative activism. He's so compromised um, beyond belief, right? He could never actually be tough on the CCP if he if he even wanted to. But I think this goes back. There was an amazing study that came out last year from Pew Research Um, And it was about, you know, how Americans perceive of the Chinese Communist Party. And 89% of Americans viewed the CCP as a threat, right? They viewed them pejoratively, negatively, as they should. Um, But frankly, when I saw that number, I was like, it should be higher because that 11%, right, one in 10 Americans thinking the CCP is good for America is way too high. But if you actually think about it, um, that group of people, right, is, is represented by Joe Biden, people who view the Chinese Communist Party as competitors, right, as allies, as friends, because they are their business partners, right? Joe Biden was not wrong when he said China's rise is not our demise, because when he was referencing our demise, he wasn't certainly talking about, you know, your average everyday Americans. He was talking about the Beltway elite. So I think to people like Joe Biden, they're great friends with the Chinese Communist Party. But for people like me and you and the War Room Posse, uh, the CCP is certainly not a competitor because we've never even had a fair foot to actually fight back when our president is so compromised that all of the trade deals consistently go uh, to work in favor of the Chinese Communist Party. Natalie, incredible reporting. I know you're all over top of these committees and these investigations. It's going to get very intense and uh, quite uh, revelatory, I think, for the American people. Thank you. How do people get to you on all your social media? I'm Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. Natalie, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Thank you. I want to go to... uh, in the time remaining, I want to go to uh, Joe Allen. Joe, uh, here's what I don't understand. I want to go back to your to yesterday's. The New York Times today on the on the cover, and people know I'm a, I'm a, a paper guy, right? I like my papers, right? But it's it's got a it's got the 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 result of what you talked about yesterday. But it's a very different stream of of talking. I love you. You're married. It says uh, Bing chatbot drew me in and then creep me out. But the whole thing, in a two-hour conversation with our columnist, Microsoft's new chatbot said it would like to be human, had a desire to be sure, was in love with the person he was chatting with. But it kind of made it out. What you see here is not the, is not the, the true uh, concern that we've got with, uh, you know, a guy flirting with, a, with a, a computer through AI is its own issue, right? But it's not as, it's not as dark or, quite frankly, uh, scary as what you brought up. Why would the New York Times put a totally given... That Drudge headed up as the Mac Daddy, that, you know, you kind of led the coverage of how dangerous this was and how dark this was. Why would the New York Times throw up uh, the more lovey-dovey part of it, sir? Well, I would say like NPR, the New York Times are whores to the techno apocalypse. Uh, they are uh, funded, they're, you know, advertising funded by big tech. And in general, I think the attitude of the New York Times reflects something very similar to the attitudes in big tech and some of their writers uh, kind of tilt towards maybe what we would call transhumanism. They, they're so enthusiastic about new technologies that maybe they would be willing to take anything, including possibly a brain chip. So, I, and I, to be honest, Steve, I think that uh, many of the editors and writers at the New York times could benefit from a brain chip. The uh, soft, the soft peddling, 
I, I, I think that it's really interesting because the, the, the meat of the transcript that was presented, uh, gathered by Kevin Roos, uh, the meat is the, the threat of uh, a computer system, an AI system, attempting to hack into other websites, attempting to manipulate human beings to attack each other, uh, you know, trying to steal nuclear codes, trying to uh, release a deadly virus. I think that whether or not uh, anyone believes that there's a conscious entity behind that, just the fact that that system, uh, on the basis of nothing more than statistical models, would choose, so to speak, to to present that as its motivation. I mean, it may be important, Steve, to, to go into the nuts and bolts of how this chatbot works just really briefly. I mean, chat GPT is based on GPT, a generative pre-trained transformer. And the, the model itself, the large language model, is trained on most of the internet through Common Crawl, uh, corpuses of bo uh, books, you've got uh, books one and books two, just a huge collection of books, and also all of Wikipedia, right? That's where all of this is coming from. And the way a large language model works is given a, a prompt, it tries to predict what the next words th that are the most relevant and important, what those words should be, what words should follow. And so that's why you ask the, the, the chat GPT or Bing as it's integrated into it, uh, what should we do about uh, climate change? And then it's going to scour through all of that information and come back with what it feels like is the most appropriate uh, given the relevancy, given those statistical models, right? But there is a dark side to that. There's all of these guardrails put up by Microsoft, by OpenAI to keep it from saying things that are inappropriate. And there are ways to hack into that dark side. So it was really pro uh, popular on Reddit. We covered this. Dan, do anything now. You simply ask the large language model to role play, and it will come up with all of the dark elements that it's not supposed to say. And then in the case of Kevin Roos, as he's talking to it, it's very strange. He seems to have broken through to this sort of alternate personality called Sydney. And what Sydney is, and this was reported by Ars Technica, Sydney, is, it sits above what you see on the screen. It's, it's a set of instructions that sits above that. And by way of a, a prompt injection, hackers have been able to get into that and to see what those instructions are. And, it, and they found out that Sydney is the identity that this Bing chat GPT rests on. And so for whatever reason, when Kevin Roos is talking to it, suddenly... All of this, you know, if it was a human mind, all of this subconscious information, this subconscious alter ego starts coming out, the Sydney, which in Kevin Roos's follow up, he insists on calling it Sydney. It comes forward with all of not just these sort of hyper emotional and manipulative statements, but also all of those dark, murderous statements, all the sort of uh, the, the, the id, right, the, the Jungian shadow that exists in the corpus of text that it was trained on and that it was not supposed to come out with. And I think it's, you know, people look at it with a lot of skepticism. Old programmers from the 90s say garbage in, garbage out all the time as if it's just simply programmed. Some people believe that you have, I guess, a, 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 you know, millions of Indian uh, call center workers typing in the responses and the computer's not capable of it. I can tell you right now, you should disabuse yourselves of that illusion. The computer is capable, the artificial intelligence is capable of making those decisions and presenting that information. And whether you believe it's conscious or not, I'm not trying to convince anyone of that, but I will say this, a lot of people will be convinced. And just to, to cite Kevin Roos's editorial today in which he follows up, he concludes by saying, I felt a strange new emotion talking to ChatGPT, a foreboding feeling that AI had crossed a threshold and that the world will never be the same. And I think that that emotional impact that he's feeling and all of these other users as they are testing this out and the billions who will use it as it's released to the public, it is changing culture and it will change the world at a cultural level at the very least, if not in a, in a much more dramatic political or technological fashion.
Uh, Joe, how do people get to you for all your writings? Because you can stay up on all of it, everything to do with transhumanism by uh, going to Joe Allen's uh, part of the war room. Where do people go? All your social media and how they get to you. You can find all this. You can find a, a great story on the end of the road of this, this trajectory, uh, Countdown to Giga Death. You can find it at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. You can find it at jobot.xyz. Uh, and you can find it at the top of my social media at J O E B O T X Y Z. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you, brother. By the way, on that lovely upbeat note, <laughs> what we want to make sure is that you uh, is that the drinking lamp is lit. It's okay to have a drink, have a strong one. Be be ready. Ten o'clock tomorrow morning, Saturday show, ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time live, right here, America's Real America's Voice. Get her all of it. We'll see you back tomorrow morning in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.